Yes, people, welcome to another Chin Check. This week, people, we got a few events. So on Friday, there was the first Kinetic Grappling. Saturday, we had UFC 241. Sunday, we had Combat Jiu-Jitsu Worlds, the Welterweight Tournament. And then Tuesday, we had week nine of Dana White's Contender Series. So yeah, it's jam-packed this week. So let's get into the action, shall we? Okay, so Friday night saw the very first Kinetic Submission Grappling Tournament. Now, this is an event... Um, a new event that is kind of fronted by Uriah Faber and um, a few other like well-known people within the martial arts community. Um, so this event took place in Anaheim, um, the same location as UFC 241, which is taking place tomorrow, Saturday night. Um, and... So this tournament is very similar to Quintet. So it's a team-based tournament with, um, and you had four teams of five men, and they, um, yeah, they compete against each other in the semi semifinals, um, like one against one. If you if you submit someone, you stay on. Um, if no one has won after eight minutes, it's a draw and both competitors leave. And um, there's 30 seconds for the team captain to select the next person to go on. If you um, miss the 30 seconds mark, there's a penalty, which basically consists of um, your fighter starting in a compromised situation right so um yeah the four teams were bjj fanatics the team captain and competing was craig jones you had then gordon ryan nikki rodriguez edwin namji and latchin giles then it was team lights out urban achievers Captain and competing Chris Lytle, uh, Rico Rodriguez, Joe Riggs, Manchia Carrera, and Will Weed. Uh, team SUG, team captain, not competing, Charles Sonnen. Then you had Gabriel Borossa Chico, Rafael Dominguez, Ronnie Marks. Gilhem Vasconelius and Jorge Rodriguez. And then Team Lionheart, Team Captain, not competing, Anthony Smith. Then we had Brian Sparrow, Joseph Warren, Joe Warren, Scott Moulton, James Brasco, and Enrique Coco. Um, 
I didn't quite understand the point of a non-competing team captain, but it is what it is. So, um, in the uh, in the first semi-final, it was BJJ Fanatics against Lights Out Urban Achievers. So for G- uh, BJJ Fanatics. We had Latchlin Giles starting, um, and this was a really fun. This was a really fun matchup. So um, first against Giles was Manchir Carrera, and Giles won with an inside heel hook. Then he went up against Will Weed. So the first fight that was pretty quick. You know what I mean? Giles was able to get that heel hook pretty quick. He then went up against Will Weed. And this was a more back and forth, like, fight for, um, I don't know, about two minutes. And um, Weed had Giles back for a a second. Um, But, yeah, Giles was able to uh, get out of that. And then he got an inside heel hook. Then Joe Riggs came on for Lights Out. Um, Riggs was definitely the larger competitor. Um, he he had top for a while, but then but was a, unable to do anything with it. And um, Giles got him with an armbar. Then Chris Lydell came in, but um, Giles got him. Yeah, it wasn't that it wasn't that long. With an inside heel hook. And then um, Rico Rodriguez stepped in to try and salvage things for lights out. But Giles got him with an inside heel hook as well. Um, Yeah, was really good. Really impressive. And it was over so fast, you know. Um, It was a great way to start the night. And yeah, I think the anticipation was for more like that. Um, so then we had SUG against Lionheart. Uh, we had um, Gilmore Vascalanles against Brian Sparrow. Um, I mean, this was. It wasn't really. It wasn't very action-packed. Like, both fighters were kind of playing it safe. So, someone, like, I think um, Vasconelis had top for most of the fight. But Sparrow had a very active, um, had a, you know, had a very active bottom game. So... He was always moving, which disrupted Vasconales's top. And so you didn't really have many um, submission attempts or just anything at all. So this fight eventually went to a draw. So the next two fighters coming on was Jorge Rodriguez against Scott Morton. And... Scott Morton was the larger fighter. Woo! Scott Morton was a big boy. 
Um, but Jorge was able to, um, you know, stifle Morton. He then got, like, Morton went for a, um, oh, I think he went for a key lock. Um, and Rodriguez was able to, uh, get Mount from that. And then just stifle the, the key lock attempt. And once he had a mount on Morton, he kind of stifled Morton for a, a little bit. And then he, uh, yeah, it seemed Morton was getting tired. And Rodriguez was able to uh, land an armbar. It was very impressive. After that, um, James Brasco stepped in. Um... I think Rodriguez was definitely tired, definitely tired, but because in in this tournament, you can either wear a rash guard or go topless, so Rodriguez was pretty slick, um, which meant Brasco wasn't really able to do much, and um, Rodriguez was still attacking Brasco as well, they kind of stifled each other out, and this one went to a draw. So the next two competitors on was um, Enrico Coco. Um, he was on for um, Lionheart. Yeah. And um, he was up against uh, Gabriel Chico. No, sorry. Rafael Dominguez. Um, for uh, SUG, and um, yeah, this was a pretty good fight, this was a really good fight, like, Dominguez was looking really good, but, um, you know, Coco was able to counter him, um, and attack himself, and he was able to get the win with an inside heel hook, so, um, Gabriel Chico came on, uh, and, yeah, this, this was a, um, this was definitely a, uh, more aggressive fight, let's say, you know, like, both were, um, yeah, pushing on the head and all of that, um, but no one was able to get their dominance, really, and so this one ended up going for a draw, and the final two on were Joe Warren for, um, Team Lionheart, and Ronnie Marks for SUG, and, um, yeah, I mean, the thing was this, the size differential was pretty big, um, Marks was a lot bigger than Warren, and, um, yeah, really showed, really showed, um, once Mark got, Marks got on top, Warren didn't really seem to stay, stand a chance, and, um, Marks won with, uh, I don't know, it was kind of a head arm choke, I'd have said, um, so yeah, that, that was that, there was a, um, we did get a super fight, um, and this was between Rufon Stouts and Anthony Birk Birchak, and, um, 
Yo, this was a really fun fight. This was, um, yeah, very much back and forth. Um, I think probably Stout had the majority of the top game. But it was very competitive. You know, both were attacking, you know, attacking off the bottom, attacking off the top. Yeah, it was a it was a good fight. Um, there was a couple of times when you thought Stouts was gonna get the submission, but um Birchak was able to escape and uh yeah, this it went to overtime, but um you know, the same thing happened in overtime and this fight eventually went to a draw. So, um yeah, we had the the final saw BJJ Fanatics against SUG. And uh yo, this was good. So it started off with um Nick Rodriguez uh for Fanatics against Jorge uh Rodriguez for SUG and um Rodriguez won via inside heel hook but yo that it was a really it was a, a really good fight it was a it was a really good fight and um Rodriguez got a very late submission very I think it was 30 seconds left so you know what I mean this was really close very back and forth um Rodriguez then um you know, uh, so Ronnie Marks came on from SUG to um, face Rodriguez. Um, I think Rodriguez was tired, but, you know, he was able to, yeah, it's kind of stifle anything Marks tried, a lot of good sprawling. Um, you know, they, it wasn't a lot, like they were on the ground, but they were on their feet a lot as well. Um, neither, neither competitor, I would say, had a significant advantage, and this one went to a draw, so, um, what everyone was hoping, so, uh, Gordon, the King Ryan, stepped on for Fanatics, and Gabriel Chico came on for SUG, and, um, yeah, like, I think the crazy thing is, everyone thinks that the Danada, Danaha death squad is just all about the heel hooks. But Ryan showed a really good game in this, um, in these matchups. So he was able to get Chico with a Kimura. Um, then Rafael Dominguez stepped on for SUG. And, um, you know, there was a size differential, but Dominguez was very slippery. Got out of a few submission attempts. Then um, Ryan got his back. And um, <laughs> it was very amusing because um, I think Ryan said something like, oh, you know, good luck. <laughs> good luck with this. Uh, and Dominguez, you know, he chuckled, but hey, it pretty much what we went how we fought, you know what I mean? It was only a matter of time, and um, Ryan was able to get the rear naked choke. I don't know if it was fully under the chin, 
but the crank was serious and Dominguez had to tap. So, um, stepping on the last fighter for SUG was um, Guilherin Vasconeles. And, um, yeah, I mean, this was pretty fast too. It was pretty fast. And Ryan was able to get the arm in guillotine. And, um, yeah, when he sunk it in, it was a bit like, oh, has he got it? And, yo, the tap came really fast. So, yeah, that must have been a real tight choke. Like, um, it was a good event. It was a good event. Um, sometimes the cameraman did get caught behind the referee. So, like with this last fight, you didn't fully see the choke because of um, the camera angle we were given. So, But, you know... Like, it was decent, like, and it was only a few times where the camera angle wasn't the best, so, you know, you can be fair with that, it was the first event, um, on commentary, you had Sean Waylock and Paige Van Sant, um, yeah, the commentary was pretty decent, though, I will say, now, I can't remember if this is Paige's first commentary gig. I do believe that she did commentate for, um, you know, a regional MMA uh, event on Fight Pass earlier in the year. I do believe that's the case, but I don't... I think this could be her first grappling event. And where she was okay, I think... You know, like, if she does more of this, I think she does need to, you know, work on her vocabulary for um, jujitsu. Because we essentially got, this is very competitive. Oh, this is high-level grappling. You know, and then she would just repeat something that Waylock said. So, you know what I mean? Like, there was no, oh, he's got a very active bottom. Or, you know what I mean, he's able to stifle all attempts, you know, disrupt, blah, blah, blah's top. So he can't land any submissions. You've got nothing like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I would hope that if Paige does commentate more grappling, she does kind of um, probably, I mean, I would say she should watch some EBI. You know what I mean, to really get some terminology down. But yeah, this was fun. You know, it was it was it, it was a fun first kind of um tournament. Um yeah, I mean I can't really see the difference between Quintet, but you know, Quintet only happens so many times a year. So there's definitely room for more team grappling events. But um yeah, it was a good start to um a martial arts weekend. So tomorrow we got UFC 241 again from Anaheim. Um, and this is the rematch between Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic. Also on the card, we've got um, 
uh, Yo Romero against Paolo Costa, which, yo, that's going to be really good. And it's Nate Diaz against um, Anthony Pettis. So, yo, they're free fights and they're phenomenal. People, trust me, the rest of the card is insane. So definitely looking forward to that. And then on Sunday, we got Combat Jiu-Jitsu. And then round things out with Dana White's Contender Series Week 9. So it's looking really good. So yeah, um, hey, on to uh, 241, people. Yo, people, so it is done. UFC 241 from the Honda Center, Anaheim, California. And um, look, leading up to this event, it was kind of looked at as this was one of the best cards. The, you know what I mean? The card looked ridiculous. Going all the way down to the prelims. You know what I mean? It looked like we've got some fights. And so it was just like, will these fights actually happen? Because if you think about Yoel Romero and Paolo Costa, the amount of times that's fallen through. So it was just like, will all these fights actually happen? And will it live up to the expectations? Now, look, when all is said and done, right... We had three TKOs, and I think like nine nine decisions. Um, one split decision. I think that's right. And a lot of times you read online that if there's been no stoppages, people call cards rubbish. You know what I mean? People go, oh, well, that wasn't a great card. Even though the fights are great. Now, people, even though there was only three TKOs, this was a great card. Yo, like, just going at the, um, you know what I mean? Just looking at the early prelims. So we had three fights on the early prelims. Sabina Mazo against Shayna Dobson. Um... Kang Kui Hoi against Brandon Davis and Hannah Cypher against Jody Escobar. All of those fights were entertaining fights. Everyone went to decision. All entertaining. Um, like Sabina Mazzo. This fight was crazy because when you looked at the two fighters, like Mazzo has such a just a tall, kind of lanky frame. And you, and then you look at Dobson, who's more kind of just muscle, like she looks more defined and everything like that. So out of the two, you think, oh, it's Dobson, man. You know, Mazo just took her apart, just took her apart with her her punches and kicks. Completely controlled that fight, got the win. It was great. Um. Kang against uh, Davis, like, this was another really good fight, and it was, I think it was just Kang's, um, just striking, his diverse striking, that 
kind of stopped Davis because looking at them, Davis was definitely the heavier of the two come ring time. You know, Davis was not 135 pounds for sure. So it'd be interesting to find out what he actually weighed in there. Definitely not. I, you know, if he was 150, I'd be surprised. You know, so the, the fact that Kang was able to, you know, I mean, just beat him and put him down a few times, very impressive. And Kang got the wing. Um, Hannah Cypher against Jody Escabel. This was an entertaining fight. Um, now, Cypher got the win, and I think she got the win because of her pressure. And I think it, it was her pressure, her output, and also her accuracy. Because Escabel, she, she threw a lot of heavy punches. And she threw a lot of kicks, but they were all in the air. So it was a bit like, I don't know why you're throwing that heavy, because you know you're not going to hit, you know you're too far out, and you're just exerting too much energy. And I think it was one of the things, like before the fight, um, I think Jody had said, look, that in previous fights she's fought hard, but she's always felt like she's got more left in the tank and she really wanted to um you know what I mean come out just completely wiped so then she knew she'd put everything out there but she had too many moments where she was inactive where she kind of hung back and because of that she just left the door open for Cypher to really just take it to her and you know what I mean? You can't fault Escabel for her effort and determination. But I have to say, I believe this is probably the last time we're going to see her in the octagon. Because I think this is a fourth straight loss. You know, so yeah, I, I can't see her getting any any more fights. Though pre the prelims, oh man, had some really good fights on the prelims. Um, Manny Bermunez against Casey Kenny. Kenny took the decision. I'm very happy about that because, and mainly because Bermunez came in heavy, and I I find it very frustrating when someone comes in heavy. And they get the win. And it's like, of course they got, and especially if they, they're using wrestling or something like that. Because, yeah, they're, you know, they're able to, you know, hold someone down because they're a lot heavier. That's why. Uh, so it was good that Casey was able to um, utilize a really good game. I think he won it with the scrambles. You know, in the third round, Bermudez was able to hold him down a lot more, but the first two rounds, Kenny took it with his movement, his striking, and he scrambles, because he, you know, even if he was taken down, he reversed it, reversed it, and then attacked Bermudez, so, um, yeah, this was a really good win for Kenny, uh, so then we had Christos Gage against Dracos Close, this fight was insane. This was such a ridiculous fight. Like, both fighters were just... 
walking forward and throwing. It was it was ridiculous. But um, the thing was, I think Gage really slowed down in the second round, which allowed Close just to kind of really kind of um, inflict his game on Gage. But, like, even though, you know, Gage was tired, definitely tired, he was still throwing, so he was still landing on close, you know what I mean, in that third round, and you were just like, Jesus, you know, what is going to happen, this is crazy, so it was a good win for close, I would say he does need to work on that defence, because he was hit a lot, and... You know, when he moves up the rankings, he, he the competition he faces gets better. There's going to be people that will be able to put him away if he makes himself that hissable. Uh, we then had Rafael Sansal against Corey Sanhagen. Um, another decision fight, but another, oh my God, another phenomenal display by Sanhagen. And really, like, Sanhagen controlled this, just controlled this fight. He really utilized his range and his reach, which was great. And so many tall fighters with a long reach. I mean, you've got a long arm reach, so you've got a long leg reach as well. And they don't use it, but Sanhagen really did use his range and reach so well, and where you thought Asunsa would have it on the ground, because he's a black belt, um, Sanhagen was no slouch on the ground, and put Asunsa in plenty of compromising situations as well, uh, there was a point where you thought Sanhagen might be able to stop the fight, but, um, you know, it, it ended up going to a decision, but it was a very strong and, oh, I, I mean, you didn't really see Sanhagen losing. It's hard to say completely dominant, but you can definitely say that Sanhagen was, for the most part, in control of this fight. Um, And then... Oh, the, um, the, the, the main fight on the prelims was Devontae Smith against Karma Worthy. Um, and all you can say is, Death Star, stand up! God damn it! Yo, so both of these fighters had trained before, but it'd been over two years ago, right? So you're just like, oh, yeah. Dominic Cruz had said that when he sees, like, up-and-coming fighters, and, you know, in, in, in the space between fights, they change so much, so, two and a half years, like, these would be completely different fighters to when they last trained together, so that makes sense, so, at first, you know, both are standing in the centre, like, both are in the centre, right, and they're both they're both throwing out tentative shots, you know what I mean, just kind of going, all right, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, then they started throwing, and, you know, 
both were landed big punches, both had landed some kicks, you know what I mean, it had been a lot of movement like that, and um, yeah, Smith moved forward through a um, overhand right, which landed, and Worthy threw a counter, threw a counter, hook, and it landed, oh, oh so perfectly on the chin, and Smith was basically gone, DeWorthy followed up with, with a few punches on the ground, but yes, yeah, Smith was done, Smith was done, his first defeat in the UFC, and what a, uh, oh my gosh, what a, a, a um, debut for, for Worthy. What a debut, man. Oh, it was phenomenal. And he took this fight on, ooh, I think it's like five days notice. So, hey, it's going to be very interesting to see how he does in the lightweight division. Ooh, yeah. Looking forward to um, check this out. Now we are on the main card. So we start off with Derek Bronson against Ian Heinish. There seemed to be some bad bud here. And um, yo, the fight started like there was definitely some heat. Like Heinish came out. Oh man, he came out hard and fast. And landed a leg kick on Brunson. That you thought was it. You know what I mean? The the way this kick landed, it was kind of like one of the kicks Israel landed on him, and um, that really just put him away. But Bronson took the kick, and um, yo just was able to take Heinish down from it. Which was, um, yeah, it was surprising. It was surprising. Because you, you figured, like, he was done. And especially the way we've seen Brunson fight in the past. You know, I think if this was the old Derek Brunson, the fight would have been finished there and then. You know, but, yo, this fight really showed... A new Derek Brunson, a more composed, you know, what I mean? a more calculated Brunson, and he didn't rush in. He stayed poised, and he kind of picked his shots, you know. And so, um, yeah, Heinish was really trying to finish this fight early, throwing a lot of kicks, um, winging a lot of big punches. You know, but Brunson was able to avoid the majority of everything that was coming at him. So, come the second round, Heinish is slowing down. You know, you can clearly see he's slowing down and he, he's breathing a lot harder. His mouth is open and Brunson is, you know, starting to pick him apart. Yeah, and but like I wouldn't say in a way that was like ridiculous or anything, but he's picking his shots, 
He's landing the shots. And you can see them draining Heinish. So come the third. Oh, Heinish looks like he's out on his feet. You know what I mean? His mouth is so clearly open. He's sucking in the air. Um, Brunson is a bit tired as well. But he's definitely paced himself really well. And um, yeah, Heinish is just winging. Trying to land something to end it. Just can't. You know, Brunson is really evasive. He's like moving in with his shots, stepping out again. And um yeah, I, I think what this showed was like Heinish, he's we've definitely seen him win fights on heart and determination. But what this showed was he um he doesn't quite have the fight IQ to change things on the fly when they're going against him. You know, because in the previous times we've seen him lose a round, go to his corner, and they have told him, all right, do this. In this fight, it was more that he had to make the choices himself. Because the shit was going down like mid-rounds kind of thing. And he wasn't able to do it. And I also think that, I think because of the animosity, he just threw so hard in the first, went so hard in the first, it was to a detriment of himself. And he um, wore himself out, you know. But, um, yeah, it was it was a good fight for Brunson, for sure. So, the next fight, we go to the featherweight division. It's Gabriel Benitez against Sadiq Youssef. And, um, woo! Yo, this... Oh, my God. This fight was fire. This fight was fire, man. God damn it. Yo, they stood in the pocket and threw... They really did. It was a bit like Smith Worthy. You know, they were just throwing at each other. And, um, you know, it was a few leg kicks, but it was mainly going after those headshots. That's what this was, you know. And um, I, I, I think that Sadiq didn't think Gabriel could hurt him. And so, yeah, that that's why he just... You know, through caution to the wind. And it was, you know, Benitez that drew the first blood and put Sadiq in trouble. You know what I mean? Yusuf was wobbling on his feet. He was a bit stumbled. Uh, 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 you know, Benitez tried to follow it up. But, you know, Yusuf got his composure back. And then it was a back to what they were doing. Just standing there like... Teasing out feints, throwing shots, and um, you know, but you're just like, Oh, has Benitez found a chink in Yusef's armor? Do you know what I mean? That that's that's what I think you were thinking at that point. You know, should Yusef be using a different approach? Should he just try and be more evasive? Should he be throwing more kicks? Should he try for the takedown even? Like, you know what I mean? What what could he do now? And, um, yo, 
He then landed a great shot on Benitez that got him, yeah, just stunned him. Stunned him and um, Yusef followed him down and just landed just horrible ground a pound, man. Horrible ground a pound. So the referee just, yeah, nothing you could do but to step in and stop that fight. Oh, man. So that was, man, I think that was our second, yeah, our second TKO victory. So then we go to the feature bout. It's Yoel Romero against Paulo Costa. And, um, yeah, they're definitely been a lot of back and forth in this one and when they got into the ring my god like costa like you know when you see romero fight you think yo he's a big dude he's a big dude but jeez costa man costa made romero look small you know what i mean it was just like Whoa, <laughs> this is this is crazy. Um, so yeah, like uh, you know, they, there was a lot of a lot getting thrown. Like Costa was moving forward, right? And Romero was backing off, evading punches, like and rolling with a lot. So he was getting hit. But he did. He seemed to be rolling with the most of the shots that landed on him. You know, he took a few flush that he just, yeah, you know, just ate. Like they didn't look like they stunned him or anything. Just ate those punches. Um, so we had that, which was like, oh my. god god <laughs> what is Romero made of man but yeah he, he was moving back avoiding everything and then he'd spring forward and land you know what I mean it was that typical Romero style where it's just you know easy easy boom attack um and so there was a lot of that and um yeah so that first round like you could you could go, yeah, the first round is Costa, for sure. Second round, I think we're definitely seeing Costa start to slow. We're definitely seeing Costa start to slow. But he's still throwing and landing heavy shots. And he's throwing a lot of kicks to the body as well. And you're just like, ooh, could that be, could that be the way to kind of stop Romero? You mean just go for those body shots, wear him down that way. But then, um, yeah, Romero was throwing more. He was throwing more shots in this second round and landing. You know what I mean? Coming forward, landing, boom, boom, boom. So the, the second round, it was a bit like, oh, this one's hard to call. This one's hard to call. Third round... Costa is straight up tired, straight up tired in the third, and Romero, he's, like, I think he knows he needs to do something, and he's coming forward, you know, he's still backing up a lot, but he's also coming forward, 
he came forward the most in the third round, and he's landing some really good shots, like one twos. Yo, he didn't throw a lot of long combinations, but he did throw a few more extra punches in the third. Uh, so yeah, he was definitely landing more in the third, and you're just thinking, oh, if this was a main event, this was a main event. It would be interesting to see what would be done in the fourth and fifth rounds. Because Costa was definitely tired. And Romero was, you mean, he'd started to kind of pour it on a bit. So this went to a decision. Um, oh, I can't, re- I think it was a split. I think it was a split decision. Um, but, uh. Yeah, it went to um, it went to Costa, and the crowd was not happy, not happy at all. But God damn it, it was a fight. That you mean it was ah, uh, it was the fight that you hoped for. You know, you you hoped it was gonna be this back and forth war, and that's exactly what we got. So then we go to um, the co-main event, welterweight fight between Anthony Showtime Pettis and Nate 209 Stockton What Diaz. So Diaz had been out of the ring for three years, three years, but we know Diaz, like, both brothers, Nick and Nate, are just crazy motherfuckers. They run marathons. They do strongman competitions. They swim to Alcatraz and back. Swim to Alcatraz and back. There's sharks in that fucking water. There's sharks in that fucking water. And they swim it. You know what I mean? Like, I, phew, I don't know, you know what I mean, Stockton slap a shark, throw some jits on it, I don't know what the fuck they do, but yo, so at the end of the day, look, we know the cardio is there, so, it, I, I, you know, it was one of those things, a lot of people had said, I, I think it's the ring, the ring rust could be the difference in this fight, but, so the fight starts, it's a lot of back and forth, in the first round, Pettis is throwing a lot of a lot of kicks, leg kicks, body throwing up high. You know that like that that headshots don't land. Diaz blocks those. Pettis does land t- to the body, but Diaz is like blocking the leg kicks well. You know, definitely blocking the leg kicks well, and I think that's what we see that. Pettis throws a low, Diaz blocks it, and we we see um, Pettis go down. He gets back up, but it's just like, ooh, he was hurt from that. And I think, um, you know, it, it was just... So the first round, Pettis is trying to throw a lot of flashy kicks. He's throwing punches... 
but Diaz is walking him down and landing. And after the leg kick that got blocked, that Pettis fell down from, we the, the the kicks kind of stop. You know, there's really not many kicks getting thrown now, and Diaz is walking him down still, walking him down, throwing punches now. Pettis is throwing punches too, but Diaz is kind of rolling with the punches, and he does this thing where he like holds the hands, so he holds Pettis's hands, and then he um, drops and lands lands a counter, or um, he'll throw an elbow, and there's a lot of that, so a lot of like in the clinch, throwing some dirty boxing, uppercuts, all of this, and... This attrition of punches, you can see it wearing on Pettis. So, going into the second round, like, Pettis is still in it. Do you know what I mean? He's still in it. But we can definitely see signs of fatigue. You can definitely see it. And I think it's just that case of, yo, I knocked out Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I've landed good punches on this motherfucker Diaz and he's not going down. What's happening here? Do you know what I mean? What's happening here? So I, I think you started to see this doubt in Pettis. And Diaz is just walking forward, doing his thing, landed punches, just making it dirty and grimy. You know what I mean? Imposing his will. So come the third round, Pettis is definitely tired. You definitely see a wilt in um Pettis's like demeanor. And Diaz is Diaz is Diaz. You know what I mean? It's funny. Like towards the end of the first round, Diaz looked a little bit tired. But come the second and third. It's like he just found this new lot of energy. You know what I mean? And he's and he's on it. He does he's not tired, he's just throwing. And he's landing to the body. He like he's throwing knees. He's throwing knees that are just making Pettis wince. And then he's throwing a lot of body shots. And you see Pettis hurt. Pettis goes down, it's towards the end of the third, Pettis goes down, and Diaz, you know, Diaz is just throwing it on him, now, Diaz follows Pettis down, follows him down, and I think, if Diaz had stayed up, if Diaz had stayed on his feet, made Pettis stand up, Diaz would have stopped Pettis in this fight, you know what I mean? That's what that's what it was looking like. Um But he goes down and he, he takes Pettis' back. You know what I mean? He he takes his back, he, he he's going for submissions and things like that. But the time ran out. But um yeah, Diaz wins the fight. The weird thing was it was split decision. I swear it was t- split decision. You know, if I remember correctly. And my memory can be a bit shit at times. But I do believe this went to a split decision. Which was crazy. Because 
No, there was no split in this. This was a clear Diaz win. You know what I mean? It was just like, yo, <laughs> the Diaz clearly won that fight. And, um, yo, the, as usual, the interview, whoo, the interview was fire. He, his Octagon interview with Rogan was great. You know what I mean? And, oh my gosh, he, he mentioned a possible matchup. And everyone went wild. Like Diaz owned the crowd. And when he mentioned that, yo, the only other gangster I see out in this is Gamebred. Whoa. Everyone went insane. Everyone went insane. Yeah, like Masvidal was in the crowd and he looked open, he looked mad open for that fight, you know what I mean, so, with Covington fighting Usman, you know what I mean, and, and uh, Mazaval saying he wants a money fight, I think that's it, I think this is the fight, I think this is the fight that gets made, you know what I mean, because Diaz is a crowd pleaser, like, you could see so many people in that place came to see Diaz, that was their main event, like, DC Stiopic is a great fight, great fight for sure, but there's so many people in that sold-out arena came to see Diaz's return to the ring and to fight Anthony Pettis, you know what I mean? It, it was clear that's what they'd come to see. Because the reaction was insane. So, um, yeah. Game Fred wants a money fight. I think the UFC makes this fight. You know what I mean? I think the UFC makes this fight. Put it on the same card as well. If you put it on the same... Well, so this is the thing. You put it on the same card. If Covington gets injured... Gamebred moves up and fights Usman for the belt, right? So you could do that. That makes a lot of sense. But, hey, that's a main event in itself. You know what I mean? It's not a title fight, but that's a main event that could easily main... Well, it could main event a pay-per-view. But you just think there's a lot of fight nights happening. That's a fight night pay-per-view. That's a fight night main event. You know, so um, hey, you put that as the main event on a on a fight night towards the end of the year. People are buying those tickets. People are swarming to watch that. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's what happens because then you've got a guaranteed sellout. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, awesome fight so far, and the only fight left. Is the main event. Is the rematch. Daniel DC Cormier. Against Stipe Miotic. Um, yeah. Stipe's been out a year. Um, and it was just like. Oh. You know. Like is, is that too long? You mean is, is he. Is he going to be a bit rusty? 
You know what I mean? Is his timing going to be there? Because Cormier has been more active. Um, But yeah, so this fight starts and god damn it, DC is looking good. DC is looking really good. He's landing punches. You know what I mean? He's walking forward. He's landing. But, but, Stipe is fighting... He's fighting like he should have fought in the first fight. You mean he's trying to fight from distance, use his range. You know what I mean? Use his jab and and hold DC off like that, picking him apart as he moves in. But DC is, you know what I mean? He's doing a great job rolling, moving, avoiding the punches, coming forward and landing his own. He did a great fake shot. Come up, land a hook. You know what I mean? So he did that in the first, and he gets a takedown. So DC took the first round. You know what I mean? It was a great, great round for DC. Second round. DC, again, like, he's doing this great job of just moving forward. And the weird thing is, he's kind of fighting like Nate Diaz. You know what I mean? He's, like, grabbing the hands releasing, throwing, throwing a hook, or, or throwing an elbow, and that was a crazy thing, DC was throwing elbows, DC, with his T-Rex arms, you know what I mean, like, he's got, he's, you, he's definitely the shorter rich than Stipe, but, he's coming for, he's landing elbows, which was just like, what is happening here? So, um, yeah, DC's moving forward, grabbing the hands, like, landing again, landing big shots on Stipe. Stipe is starting to find his range, though, and he's landing more on DC. But, like, I definitely think you can say, like, DC takes that round two. Third round, definitely more of the same. Stipe is landing more, but... Like, DC DC is landing some great shots on him. He's moving forward. He's throwing. What crazy thing, his hands are down as he's moving forward. Hands are down as he's moving forward. Stipe lands some big shots on DC, but he's just eating them. Eating them and moving forward. And he's landing. Landing, like, hooks, straight shots, elbows. And Stipe is marked up. You know what I mean? Stipe is marked up and he's looking tired. He is really looking tired from just everything that DC is throwing on him. Woo! So we're just like, oh man, DC has taken the first three rounds for sure. For sure. Hey, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, we go into the fourth round, and, yeah, I don't know what happened, like, well, obviously, his corner, <laughs> you know, his corner spoke to him, but Steve Hay comes out, and he starts throwing to the body, he starts throwing to the body, landing some really good liver shots, like, just boom, boom, boom. 
really good shots to the body and you can see them start to take a toll on DC can definitely see him start to take a toll on DC and then Stipe lands like this one really good punch that um makes makes DC wince and step back wince and step back so DC so Stipe swarms forward lands a big punch that just I think now because DC is compromised from the body shots so I think he's kind of concentrating on those so when he gets caught with the big overhand that catches him a bit by surprise so we see that stun DC and then Steve Hayes swarms him swarms him with punches to the head um DC goes down like Steve Hayes throwing and um yeah, ref had to step in, stop the fight. Whoa, we got a new champion, people. Stipe gets back his heavyweight title and new. No. You know what I mean? It it was oh my gosh, it was it was crazy. It was a crazy fight. Uh you mean and you you have to say DC was winning the fight. DC was winning, like he'd won the first three rounds, you know, he had definitely won the first three rounds, he was fighting completely different, he wasn't going for any takedowns or anything like that, uh, so you know that, and the way his corner was talking, you know that wasn't the game plan, but he was winning those first three rounds, you know what I mean? So the fact that Stipe is able to uh, turn it around, I oh, was so impressive. It was so impressive. Ah, oh, this was such a good fight card, such a good fight card. And um, hey, so um, it it wasn't really any like. But the thing is, we'd had a lot of really good fights. We'd had a lot of really good fights, but. When the um, you know the the awards went out, Romero Costa took fight of the night. That took fight of the night. I have to say, fight of the night could have also gone to Pedis Diaz. You know, both of those fights were so damn good. But yeah, fight of the night goes to Romero Costa, and um, performance of the nights go to Karma Worthy. You can't really deny that. And Stipe Miocic. Which, yeah, he, he gets his title back. Can't deny that one either. You know what I mean? So, it, it was some great performances. So, a lot of fights went to decision. But, hey, they were great fights. Really good fights. So, yeah, great card. Really great card. And we've got some... Very good cards coming up. Oh my god. Right, so we got um a week off. Then the 31st of August from um Shenzhen, China. Oh, we've got UFC Fight Night. Um Jessica Andrade 
makes the first defense of her new strawweight title against Wiley Zhang. So, um, oh yeah, this, this could be a very interesting fight. And you've got to say, Wiley Zhang definitely has a good chance of um, dethroning the champ. You know what I mean? Because she's looked very impressive in her um, first few UFC fights. So we have that. Then the week later, we got UFC 242. Um, Saturday the 7th of September, coming from Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi? Yeah, no, that's right, isn't it? I think, um, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, but you know what I mean. And, oh, this card is led with Khabib Nurman Mega. Yeah, Khabib fighting Dustin Poirier, putting his lightweight title on the line, and Poirier with that inter interim belt. Um, Oh my gosh, then you've got Edson, Barbo- Edson Barbosa against Paul Felder too. God damn it. This, they, oh man, there's some great fights on this card. Then, the week later, coming from uh, Toronto? Toronto? No, from uh, Vancouver, yeah. I believe Rogers sent uh, Rogers is um mm, I think it's Vancouver I could be wrong it might be Toronto it's coming from Canada people but we got Cowboy Cerrone against Justin Cagey jeez god damn it this is looking like a great card and um Nikita Krolev in the co-main event against Glover Teixeira so, oh man, this, this is a great, card. Oh, jeez, man, so many good fight, fights on this card, so we have that, um, and then the week later, UFC Mexico, fight night 159, Yaha Rodriguez against Jeremy Stevens is headlining that card, so, um, yeah, we have some great fights coming up, man. And you will be able to hear all about on future episodes of um, Chin Check, people. So, yes, yeah, stay tuned. But just think this week of um, fights still not over. Combat Jiu-Jitsu on um, Sunday night. Then Dana White's Contender Series on Tuesday. So... Yeah, still more fun to talk about, people. Not bad, right? Not bad at all. Yo, so, ending the weekend's martial arts, um, you know what I mean, goings-on, we had another Combat Jiu-Jitsu Worlds tournament. This time, it's the world to wait, and... Whoa, yes, combat jiu-jitsu is legit. Now, like, yo, I was a huge fan of the EBI format. Like, the EBI format was great, loved it. 
um and it is a bit sad it's, it, it, i don't think it's around anymore kind of really in theory because it seems that eddie is just focused on the combat jujitsu stuff but like you can definitely see how combat jujitsu is kind of the way forward because we're in you know normal no gi you can have people and just gi just jujitsu in general really like people can get a position and then you might stall a little or you just get into a situation that isn't a practical situation if things went down in the real world or if you know you transition to mma and people can punch you in the face so with combat jiu-jitsu and the um addition of slaps you know um like palm strikes it it makes it 100% more authentic because hey if you're going for a leg lock you need to go for that quicker or you know if you're gonna jump to guard you need to know what you're doing because hey now you're in a situation where someone can like slap you in the face with their frigging palm and if you don't think that's gonna hurt hey understand Baz Rutan was using palm strikes in, um, I think it's Valley Chudo, and he was knocking people out, you know what I mean, he was knocking people out with a palm strike, so, hey, they're legit, and um, a couple people have tapped to palm strikes, so, uh, yeah, I think um, Nathan Orchard lost the palm strikes in one of the first, I think in the first combat jujitsu worlds, you know, I think that's correct, I might be wrong, it does happen sometimes, but yeah, this event was coming from, um, you know, Palm Beach, California, and uh, yeah, it was a 16-man welterweight tournament so that's 170 pounds and ah it was awesome it was awesome so the opening rounds we had um Nathan Orchard against Derek Kennington um Vinicius de Jesus against Justin Falk Tom Galecchio against Ruben Riviera Hunter Colvin against Victor Silverio, Bobby Emmons against David Garmo, Cesar Azamida against David Farras, Jean-Paul Bassillon against Andrew McKins, and Cody Steele against Khalil Fadala. And yo, these fights were these fights were awesome. And especially, yo, the first fight of the night, Nathan Orchard against Derek Carrington. This was quick and slick. Like, straight away, Orchard kind of went, jumped in, grabbed the leg, and sunk in that heel hook. It was, woo! It, it was 
great. It was really good, man. Uh, so slick. And yeah, um, Carrington had no other choice but to tap. So um, yeah, then um, the Jesus, you know, he was really going. And you see, the first thing in the first fight, no real palm strikes. No real palm strikes. It was so quick. So in the second fight, the Jesus really was going heavy with the palm strikes on Falk. But, you know, he managed to stall things for a little bit. Um, You know, but with a minute left, minute left before it went to overtime, the Jesus was able to sink in a rear naked choke and get the win. Um... Yeah, so in um yeah, in uh the second like in the third fight you had um Ruben Ruben Riviera, he was attacking he like attacked the whole fight. He was really taking it to um Galecchio, you know, utilizing the slaps well to open up submission attempts. Um Galecchio was able to survive and take it to overtime. You know, like, he escaped a reverse triangle and then um, was able to kind of then take that into an armbar with a win. You know, it, yeah, Galecchio, oh man, it was crazy. Because, like, you really thought that Riviera is going to take this one But yeah, Galecchio was able to get it Um, So the the full fight Calvin against Silverio Silverio had a lot of the control Um, He didn't really slap that much at the start Like, Colvin was very good at stifling the control Um, And he got a good takedown which he turned into mount, then an armbar at the very end, you know. But you know, because it was so close to the end, a hey, time ran out. Well, we went to the second overtime, and um, yeah, Colvin took it with a real naked choke. So um, yeah, it was really really good, and it was you know, Colvin was getting touted as a. a you know, one to look out for in this, and you know, he definitely showed his um his caliber in that fight. So then we had Bobby Emmons against David Garmo. Um, yeah, like Emmons was very active and just able to um, he got a really early heel hook. You know, Garmo wasn't able to um, you know, counter it. Had to tap. Then we've got um, Caesar Azamenda against David Ferras. Um, yeah, it was like a real back and forth fight. Ferras was coming on strong towards the end. It went to overtime, um, and uh, Azamenda was able to he you know he survived and. Uh, and then he uh, took things on his uh, on his turn, and he won with a rear naked choke. 
So yeah, it was oh like so much good game. You know, I mean so much good game was you know, on display with this. It was it was just great. We then had John Paul Bosman against Andrew McKins. Um Bosman like he he went for a flying armbar. So you're really straight out the gate. So you're just like, oh, this is gonna be an exciting one. You know what I mean? Um he's on his back, which you know, you're like, oh, that could be problematic. But he was throwing up a lot of um a lot of shots, you know? Uh Mc um yeah, so McInns um you know, he's very patient. He got it into half guard, but Basson, um, he he reversed, and he went for um he went for a choke, uh, which um, you know, he didn't get. But then from that, he was able to turn it into a guillotine. Oh, and um, yeah, it was a good guillotine. It was a really good guillotine, you know. Uh, he, he just looked at the corner and he's like, you could, you could see he didn't have the first one, so he kind of went for a dust, didn't have it, and then he just quickly just, yeah, changed it and reversed it into a guillotine. It was slick, man. Um, so Khalil Fadala against Cody Steele. Um, yeah, this this was like. A lot, you know, very back and forth. Um, still was on his back a lot. It kind of went to overtime. And um, still took it with the fastest escapes. But yeah, he, um, yeah, he put in a lot of work. A lot of work. Uh, so then we had to call the finals. And um, <laughs> so again. Again, um, we had Nathan Orchard against the the um, Vincius, the Jesus, and um, the Jesus took Orchard down early, but then Nathan threw up a dead Orchard, and um, he uh, yeah, kind of transitioned it into a. Kind of a triangle, but it was still pretty much a dead awkward. But yeah, it was just slick. It was so like as soon as he sunk in the dead orchard, you kind of thought, "Oh man, it's done, it's done," you know. And it's kind of cool that he could win the fight with his own move. You know what I mean? Um, then we had the the uh, against Colvin. Um, this was a very tactical fight. Um, Colvin was eventually able to win with a rear naked choke. Um, so then we had Azamenda against Bobby Emmons. Um, yeah, this did not last long at all. Emmons, hey, he just swooped in and grabbed that heel hook, man. Yeah, he and he sunk it in. Nice. Uh, we then had um, Jean-Paul Boss Bossian against Cody Steele. Um, again, jeez, like, 
you know, this, this was like, it was back and forth, real big back and forth fight. Um, you had some big moments, but you know, it wasn't the distance. Um, and, um, you know, like still was really going a long way around with this because a second fight in a row, you're in overtime this time. He was at least able to win with a rear naked choke. So he didn't, you know, he didn't have to go all the way through. But, whoa. You know what I mean? It was just like, shit. <laughs> so they threw in a special match. Which was um, Mike Flock against Derek Rayfield. Um, yo, Rayfield, young 18-year-old against Flack. I think Flack was like... 30, mid 30s. Um, and flat Rayfield came out in his Spider Man rash vest, which was um, very slick. And man, like Rayfield, he was definitely the smaller guy, but um, he came out fast, you know, really utilizing the slaps to be, um, I mean, to get into some diverse positions. Uh, and he ended up with a um, reverse triangle, which, um, yeah, reverse triangle, which he then turned into an armbar. It was, oh, it was a slick transition. And he comes up after the win with the, um, whap, whap, you know what I mean? Classic Spider-Man move. So it was kind of like Rayfield definitely one to look out for in this format definitely one to look out for so we then went into the semi-finals uh we had nathan orchard against hunter colvin um and um yeah this was a good one it like it was a crazy ass fight very frenetic pace good use of the slaps um, it went to overtime and Orchard was able to pull off a crazy fast rear naked choke. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was pretty, like, pretty even. Pretty even. But, yeah. Caught, like, Orchard rear naked choke. It was so fast that, um, yeah, Colvin wasn't able to win. Um, you know, with the whole time and all of that shenanigans uh so then the next one was bobby emmons against cody steel so um still on emmons the only they had a good fight uh it went to it went the distance and um get like like with orchard steel wins it with a quick rear naked choke um so we then had a couple of special fights to um give the guys a little little respite before the final. Uh so we had um Alan Sanchez against Werva Marcelalelis. Um yeah, it was a really good fight. Um but as soon as Sanchez got the legs, it was kind of like, yeah. It was kind of over. You know, you, you kind of like, oh, shit. Um, yeah, he was working for a sub. And, like, he just sunk in. Like, he went for the um, 
heel hook on one. As that one was going out, yo, he just grabbed the second leg and locked that one up crazy fast. And it was done. So the second fight was Mickey Gonzalez against Andy Varela. Um, Gonzalez was, you know I mean, he was um, mainly going after the legs and attacking. But, it, you know what I mean, but it was like Varela that, you know, in a transition, he was able to grab the guillotine, lock it up. And that was a crazy thing because you really thought Gonzalez was going to take it because he looked like the more aggressive fighter. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just a transition that killed him. So it's like a little little lapse in judgment. You know what I mean? And yeah, he 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 lost it. So the final Nathan Orchard against Cody Steele. And um yo, this was a good fight. It was a real good fight. Uh both were going after it. Uh like you kind of thought Orchard was pushing the pace the most. And you thought with that, it's probably he's. Because, you know, he still went the longer route trying to get through. Route, route, um, you know. Um, it, it went to overtime. Went to overtime. And, um, yeah, the thing that won it still was able to escape. Was able to escape quicker. And I think, like, at the, at the beginning, like, um, Orchard was going for the rear nakeds. But he wasn't, like, he had both hooks in, but he, he didn't, like, um, yeah, he didn't scissor the body. Like, he should have triangled the body to really secure it. Because when he, like, put it to the back and he tried to stretch out, um, he tried to stretch Steel out because he didn't triangle the body. Steel was it was just easier for Steel to escape. So then when it when you flipped it, Steel triangled Orchard's body, and yeah, Orchard wasn't able to escape. So um yeah, just it was the escape time. It just racked up. You know what I mean? All of that racked up, so still was able to take it, which is like you just think of the amount of finals Orchard has made it to in EBI and combat jujitsu, and he just ah at the last point it all falls apart. So it's a big shame, but I don't know, man. I don't know. This is another one gone, gone in the wrong direction for him. But it was a great. Great win for Steele, and especially, as I said, look, he went the longest route, route, ah, yeah, you know what I mean, he, he was on the mat the longest, so, um, yeah, that, that, it's that young blood, son, it's that young blood able to, um, really, you know, put in that stamina, and, uh, uh, yeah, and, and take it to the, take it to the mats, man, so, yeah, it was a great one, gotta wait till November, for the next combat jiu-jitsu. Which is going to be the middleweight. But yeah definitely looking forward to that. 
oh man, if it's anything like this, it's going to be a great contest. And um, yeah, looking at some of the competitors going to be in it, oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be real good. So yeah, Um, yeah, Tuesday, Contender Series. Yeah, let's get with that. Well, 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 people. Tuesday night right now means Dana White Contender Series. It's week nine. And, um, yeah, it was all about seeing, are we going to get another week of great fights? And um, there were some good fights, for sure. For sure. It's probably... Out of these last nine weeks, it's probably the weakest of the weeks, but we still had some good fights. So, yeah, by any means, this was not a terrible one. Um, so the first fight was Ricky Steele against Phil Carapaccia. Um, Ricky Steele had fought on the Ultimate Fighter, broke his foot, so couldn't make it. All the way through. Um, So this was his next chance. But he'd been unactive for a little while. I think it's three years or something. So um, yeah. This was going to be an interesting test. He was only 5-0 going into this. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. Carabacho was 8-0. So um, yeah. It was like a, a. You know what I mean? Interesting. And um, I think from the giddy up with this one, still always looked like the the best fighter in there. You know, he was landing his jab really well. Um, he was able to control the clinch. Carapaccia seemed to be w- winging shots, like you know what I mean, just kind of eye shot, winging a shot. So. Like, still did look like the better fighter. Uh, and then when it got crazy, he took it down. Um, in the third round, he did get hit the most. But even then, he he kind of composed himself, clinched up, took Carapaccia down, and, yeah, won the fight. It was a split decision, which was insane, like I, yeah, I'd be. You know, you really want to see what judge thought Carapaccio won, but the problem here was, I think, you could see that Steel hadn't been in the um in the ring for a while. Like, he, and he fights very upright. His chin was just up there waiting to be hit, and Carapaccio's corner was just like his chin's up in the air waiting. Hit the chin, and Carapaccio was never really going for it. Um, so I, I don't think Steele would get a contract. Um, then we had Mikola Segni against Mallory Martin. I think Mallory Martin was the um, like just odds on favorite to win um this one and she did look the better fighter i think she she looked very composed in there it was all about the small movement so she was like stepping in landing and then moving just slightly out of range 
then moving back. But um, yeah, the first few rounds, she's just picking her apart. She got some takedowns. She was controlling the fight. In the third round, Segni definitely was landing more. Definitely landing more. Malibu was still like very controlled, you know. But I think the big issue with this one was although Mallory was composed looked better with the technique and everything like that it did seem like she was holding something back do you know what I mean? it, it looked like sparring for her and um you know it, it just seemed that look she wanted to win but just win you know she just like, she seemed to have too much in the tank afterwards. She didn't seem to really push for the finish. Just, because there was plenty of time. There was times when you think if she took her down, ground and pounded. You know what I mean? Just, like, there was opportunities to end the fight, but she never went for them. So, yeah, she looked like she could be a good fighter. Um, But, you know, she was only four and two. So... Yeah, she moves to 5-2 and two with the win. So, I, I just kind of feel that she probably needs more experience. We then had Steve Garcia Jr. against Desmond Torres. And, um, yeah, I this started off with Torres looking really good movement-wise. Sharp in and out, in and out. The thing is, Torres... Came to this fight. I mean, sorry, Garcia Jr. came to this fight overweight. He missed the um, 105 limit. So when they were in the ring, he always looked like he was the bigger fighter, the heavier fighter. And um, yeah, he he. I think it was an elbow. He landed an elbow that rocked Torres. And then Torres was just stunned, and he 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 stayed in there. He stayed in there, but he was getting hit and hit and hit, and um, yeah, referee had to stop it. Torres went down. Garcia was just throwing at him. Ref had to stop it. But the problem is, Garcia Junior came in overweight. He missed weight. He looked. Like the, the the bigger fighter in there So Torres Like It was kind of no surprise That he lost Torres was hitting at the beginning Torres was hitting Garcia You know what I mean He was landing some good punches But they weren't really doing anything And you kind of think Well no Because Garcia hadn't cut weight So he hadn't stressed his body out You know what I mean So yeah, he, he wasn't as compromised as Torres would be. So, you know, Garcia Jr. won. But we know if you miss weight, you ain't getting a contract, man. Ain't getting a contract. It's as simple as that. Uh, so the next fight was Jamal Pogues against Marcus Brigueo. Um, yeah, so Brigueo was coming into this undefeated, you know what I mean, like 11-0, and 
Hogues was coming in six and two. So um, yeah, I think on paper, Brigeus is um, yeah, he's he's winning this fight. But um, I man, Pogues was like straight out the gate. These two went at each other, just throwing, throwing hard, and it looked like Pogues did get caught, but he kind of backed off, then just reengaged and threw, and then he start he's landing the heavier punches, he's landing the big shots, and he's very quick, so he's landing, moving out. Landing, moving out. Then he's getting takedowns, um, and yeah, he looked like he was really putting it to um, Brigeo, uh, and, and he was doing that for the first two rounds. Really sharp boxing, really good movement. In the third round, though, Brigeo like was coming back. Now, it like it didn't look like he won the round. But he was coming back. He was able to land more punches. You know what I mean? So, like, I mean, Pogues, like, he didn't really put a stamp on it. And I think that could possibly stop him getting a contract. On paper, yeah, he looked great. But he hasn't had many fights. And, um, yeah, he just didn't. Really own that third round. Um, so the last fight was Leon Shabazian, um, and his cousin Eamon w- just killed it last season on the Contender Series. I think he's fought three times in the UFC now, and oh my god, he's been on fire, on fire. So you're just like, yo, if Leon is. As good as Eamon, jeez. And he was fighting Philip Rowe. So, um, yeah, it, it, they both had similar records. So, this was going to be an interesting one. Um, and, um, yeah, like they come out in that first round. And Shabazian lands a great overhand on Rowe. Puts him down. He's rocked. Rowe is Rocked. He's on wobbly legs, and Shabazian is throwing, but Roe is able to um like keep composed, try and keep Shabazian at bay, not get hit with too many shots, you know. Um, so yeah, he's able to survive that first round, which is insane because you you thought it was over. You really thought it was over. Crazy thing though, come in the second round, and Roe is the one throwing like the crazy, like the heavy punches. You know what I mean? He's landing really good shots on Shabazian, really good shots, and um, you're like, what is going on? What's happened? How has this turned like this? Um, you know, it's crazy, and um. Yeah, like, row rock Shabazzian, uh, like, towards the end of the second round. And you're just like, oh, shit. Like, this is crazy. Um, So, yeah, Shabazzian was rocked, survives, just survives that second round, you know. 
it was like Rowe gets him down. He's landing some, you know, good shots on the bottom. Good shots. Because the thing is, like, yeah, Rowe rocked Shabazian. He's landing great shots, but he comes in a bit too quick. Shabazian takes him down. Shabazian's on top. He's just trying to clear his head. Then Rowe reverses it. So he ends the second round on top and he's he, he's landing. Um, the third round starts. Oh man, Shabazian just, I think he was still wobbly because Rowe just lands some good, good hooks. And um, yeah, Shabazian is rocked and he just walks him down, landing big shots, big shots, big shots. Referee has to step in, man. Referee has to step it in and um yeah, row wins. So um yeah, like good fights, good fights, man. Um so Dana, you know, he comes out and um yeah, it's it's pretty much what you think. So he's like, you know, because Steels had the long layoff and he did look rusty. So um Dana's just like, yo, he he needs to win at least three fights, and we'll probably call him back. Mallory Martin, exactly the same. Steve Garcia Jr., you missed weight. You look good, you miss weight. You ain't, yeah, ain't getting in. Um, and Jamal Pogues, it's just, he's 23 and green. So he just needs some, he's, he's in a good camp, needs some more fights. And he will probably get to UFC. So, Philip Rowe is the sole contract winner this week. So, only one contract this week. But, yeah, kind of makes sense. Definitely, you know, when when you see how it all went down. That, yeah, you'd say that makes sense. So, um, you know, we've got three more weeks. And then it's done. So, 10, 11, and 12, man. So, yeah. This, uh, you know, hopefully it just continues like this. Because we have had some good fights. So, yeah, man. We will be back next week with week 10. Okay, people. So, we're going to end with some MMA news. And um, looks like there's been a couple of new fights added to the Boston card in um, October, I think this is. Uh, so, we've got um, Molly McCann. She is going to be fighting um, UFC debutee Diana Belbita. And um, a.k.a fighter Darren Wynn is going to be taking on another UK fighter Darren the Dentist Stewart so um yeah they're two fun fights also um fights that have been announced Max Griffin is going to be fighting Alex Moreno and JJ Aldridge is going to be fighting Lauren Muller at UFC Tampa. Um, supposedly, George Mascaval, Nate Diaz, that fight is in negotiations right now. 
So um, that could be very interesting. Um, Henry Cejudo has um, accepted a challenge from Jose Aldo. But Dana White has said that Cejudo needs to um, defend a flyweight title before the bantamweight. Um, Eric Anders is scheduled to fight Gerard Muirshot also on the um, Tampa fight card. Um, I think, I think that very well could be it. I think that could be it, but, um, alright, so, oh, yes, Damien Meyer is going to be fighting, um, He's going to be fighting um, Ben Askren at UFC Singapore, supposedly. Uh, Yeah. That, people. I believe that's it. That's it for um, uh, this week's Chin Check. Come back next week for some more fighting news but it's probably going to be a light one next week because there is no UFC ah. but um, yeah then we've got uh, China the following week but um, yeah that's it people we are ghosts